Welcome to the Sharing Our Story podcast, where we give you a front seat to Nazarene missions. Through interviews and stories, you'll receive an inside look into the life of Nazarene missionaries. They're called a ministry, the people they serve, and the victories and challenges in daily life and ministry. My name is Jeremy Height, and alongside Michael Rhodes, we're here to help share our story. Let's get started. Well, hey guys, thank you guys so much um, for uh, jumping on a conversation with us. As we get started, I just want to ask you to introduce yourselves, who you are, uh, where you're serving, and what your roles for the church are. My name is Tim, and this is Michelle uh, Eby, and uh, we serve here in uh, South Africa at the Africa Regional Offices, which helps to serve all of the continent of Africa. Uh, I am covering the uh, evangelism for the region that engages with training and uh, overseeing all of the Jesus film team, which covers some 320 countries, uh, sorry, 350 teams in 32 different countries. And Michelle will share what she does. Uh, I'm the regional personnel coordinator for the continent of Africa, which means that I work with all the missionaries who are serving on the continent both those from Africa, serving in Africa, as well as those who are from the U.S. and uh, North America who are serving on the continent of Africa. Awesome. Well, um, thank you again for uh, joining us for this conversation and uh, knowing that with the time differences um, and uh, the weird times that we find ourselves in, appreciate you guys spending a few minutes with us to be able to share uh, your story of what God is doing in your part of the world. And I, I want to hear a little bit more in a minute about uh, and have you guys share about the work that you're doing a little bit uh, more fully right now. But before we get there, uh, I, I want to ask for both of you, um, we, we talk about in missions and in ministry, um, having a call and having a call to missions. And so I wanted to ask you guys, uh, for each of you individually or together, um, where, when were you called to ministry? What's your, tell us the story about your call to ministry. So um, the God is, um, has been so faithful all of these years. Um, I felt a true call to missions when I was 16 years old. Um, I loved flying airplanes, and of course I wasn't flying one yet, but I love the idea of flying airplanes. I also love the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so I thought flying for the Lord would be the best job ever. And uh, God affirmed that again and again as I went through university, um, the Turner University, I got my aviation pilot's licenses and my mechanics licenses, and it took a lot longer than we expected, but God um, affirmed that he was giving us a direction towards missions, and at that time, it was aviation, and so uh, I put my heart and soul into uh, preparing myself for that, and through our life and ministry, God gave us about nine to ten years uh, of preparing ourselves for ministry, and um, and so I praise God that He He has been faithful to our call, and um, has has helped us to accomplish His will through through what He calls us to. And my call is a little bit more gradual. I was a missionary kid, as was Tim, and um, as I was growing up, I kind of felt like I'd always be a missionary, which is you know probably what most kids want to be, what their parents are when they grow up. 
Um, but as I got older, the Lord affirmed that and then reaffirmed that. And as Tim and I met and started dating and then were married, um, that was my final confirmation that that was what God wanted us to do. And uh, I've always wanted to serve wherever he wanted us to serve. And he has taken us many places. Oh, that's awesome. And I know that um, for those called the ministry to call the missions, um, that while that, that calling could be gradual, could happen in a moment, and, uh, but that it can be played out in very different ministry roles. Um, as, as you shared, Tim, like um, going from uh, being uh, passionate and wanting to fly planes for Jesus to what you're doing now, um, that our calling, while it can stay the same, can look differently over the years. And so I wanted to ask, how do you guys, how are you leaning into to your specific callings, uh, where you are now, and specific to the times that we find ourselves in, um, how does that look like um, doing uh, the regional work that you guys do across Africa in a time when we are self-isolating and not able to, to see or travel as much? Well, in 1997, when we arrived in Kenya, um, our motto, which I painted right across the side of my airplane, was to reach the unreached. And that, ha that passion has never changed, and it has never um, changed in, in the aspect of what God has called us to do. Um, in those six years in Kenya, uh, I had a chance to use the Jesus film to go out into some remote areas and take the Jesus film to uh, people groups that had had never seen the gospel before. And, and the experience of that, realizing that as we opened up churches, as we planted new churches, that there was a need for leadership development, for discipleship. Um, the church needed to mature. And I praise God how um, even though the circumstances were difficult as we left Kenya, um, it was a stepping stone in our, in my life and in Michelle's life of saying, okay, God, whatever you would have us do, we are ready to do that. And um, when we got back and kind of retooled, I, I told the Lord, Lord, if you want me to lead, um, to help leaders, to get education. I mean, I, I went out as a layman and uh, I was not a pastor. So in those three years when we came back to the U.S., I was able to become uh, ordained in the church to get my master's degree in Christian education and to be able to look at what would happen in the future. And we thought that that would take us back to the same place and the same area, but God had something new for us. And as we began to find our call to Senegal and to West Africa, we realized that our call uh, was to reach the unreached. And in West Africa, we are talking about a Muslim population of more than 70% and many people groups that still have not heard the gospel of Christ. So I think God continues your call. He, he just reshapes it. And uh, we call Kenya chapter one. We call Senegal chapter two, which was 12 years of our life. Um, and, um, but I found myself passionate to raise up leaders and passionate to to help the church grow and mature in discipleship. And when we were called into what we call now chapter three here in South Africa, uh, God has just used those experiences to help us to be able to uh, 
do that same encouragement and development all across the continent. And uh, we feel privileged to do that. And I'll let Michelle share, but, but you know, our experience has helped her to lean into what she's doing today, which is helping other missionaries. So you can tell by my beard now, I'm one of the old missionaries where when we arrived, we were the kids, like we were the youngest ones there. And today, and today we're sharing from our 20 years of experience. I was just thinking as Tim was speaking that, you know, even in my childhood plays into this because I, I grew up in the Middle East and um, was living in Lebanon during a war-torn time during the Civil War. And there were times when we were stuck at home, or as we like to say now, safe at home. And, uh, you know, we, we couldn't go out. We didn't know what tomorrow was going to hold. And uh, we couldn't do things the way we had always done it. So in many ways, this whole corona craziness thing has made me, um, has reminded me of my childhood of living on the mission field. But one thing through all of this is that God is faithful. And he has been faithful. He continues to be faithful. He saw us through that. He sees us through this. And even from our move from place to place to place, I can see that God has prepared us for what he has for us. And we just trust that the Lord is knows what he's doing. And um, our calling is still the same, to serve him wherever he wants us to serve. And so you asked, you know, how we lean into that. Well, that's, that's what we go back to. Is this how we would choose for things to be? No, of course not. But in the situation that we find ourselves, how does God want us to serve where he's placed us? And, uh, you know, we've been able to communicate, like today, through a Zoom call um, with our missionaries. So in some ways, I'm communicating more with our missionaries than I did before all of this because we've been forced to use a different manner of communication um, I actually can connect with them more often. They're more available. I'm more available. Uh, so we can see some benefits. And so we're just thankful that God's calling is there. It's true. And uh, we can lean on that every day. Amen. Yeah. I th Thank you for sharing all that. I think it's a, a wonderful reminder uh, right now um, for wherever we find ourselves in the world that while this is not um, uh, God's will, that um, the Holy Spirit is still at work um, and that we can be, be a part of that. And I know that um, my family uh, during our time in West Africa benefited from your guys' mentorship and um, that there are countless other missionaries and church leaders across the region in Africa that um, are benefiting the same from you guys. And we appreciate everything that you do. And you were saying that, you know, Kenya was, was chapter one, Senegal was chapter two. I look forward to when you guys write that book um, and we're all able to read it. Um, the, they're going to be very long chapters <laughs> if you're going to cover a decade uh, in each one. But um, uh, one follow-up question I wanted to ask, um, uh, specific to Jesus film, because I know that um, it's something that's really, um, really instrumental um, in different areas of the world um, and especially uh, in across the Africa region. Um, what does Jesus film look like uh, right now in the time of COVID-19, like is, how is that, um, I'm sure it can't look the same. Um, how is that, um, yeah, what does that look like right now? Well, um, I, I like to, to talk about how when you are trying to convince somebody 
to change their, their values, their faith. They refer back to the values that they have created in their own lives and in their own hearts. And that is usually done in the heart language. It's done in the language that they were born with. If you bring in words in a religion that is not in my language, um, you're going to have a much harder time of convincing them. Well, the Jesus film and all the ministries that associate with it, the development of audio Bibles and the connection of orality, uh, storytelling, and all of these aspects are speaking to the heart language of the people. And for sure, during this time, there's many countries who have restricted showing so we can't go out in public, we can't do uh, mass showings to four or 500 people. Um, some, some are restricted completely, they can't leave their, their county or their province. But what we have heard and some of the encouragement uh, and some of the, the victories that I've heard in these days is that it has forced us even to do Jesus film a little bit different. Uh, instead of um, showing to the masses and hoping that we, that we, just like when you spread the seed, that some will land in the fertile soil, some will land in the rocky or the, uh, the soil with the weeds. In, in this situation, God is directing us straight to uh, fertile soil in families that are trying to know more about who God is. And so our teams are not showing to masses, but they are showing to a family group. In some of the areas in Africa, culturally, a family kind of lives close together. You might have an uncle, um, two brothers, a father, um, and all of those who are involved in his family in this one little area. And so they'll go in after mission, using the Jesus film as an entry point, share with them some details about the COVID-19. We've equipped our teams with videos about what to do and what not to do during this time, uh, encouraging them to wash their hands regularly and to do those types of things. So as we, as we present not only good uh, health methods, we also then uh, share about uh, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, uh, the living water and the bread of life. And as they hear those stories, we're able to minister to a whole family. And if we win the father, if we win the whole the family, then when our chance opens to open those churches again, we believe that in many places we are going to see more families committed to coming to church and to being part of the, the family of God and to continue to develop the discipleship. So it has been a challenge, but I get reports still from 200 plus teams every month about what they are doing. And even though the numbers are smaller, the victories are still just as exciting. So we praise God that God is opening doors for us to communicate in different ways. I wanted to add on to what Tim said about that, is that, you know, um, in the Muslim context, people are afraid to openly um, profess Christ because they know that the, uh, the ramifications of what that's going to mean in their lives. But um, all the ways that church is now being done digitally and, you know, Facebook, Zoom, uh, Skype, all the different ways that people are, are, are having services, people can listen to services in the comfort and the privacy and the security of their own home on their phone. Because as you know, so many people around the world, even if they don't have, you know, electricity, they have a cell phone. And as long as they have data, they can watch um, these things. So I believe that the, the Lord is using this to spread his word even beyond what we even know. 
That is so awesome. I, um, I think uh, such an encouragement and challenge for all of us that um, wherever we find ourselves and whatever the difficulties of this situation, uh, that it uh, is not an excuse not to continue to be a part of evangelism and discipleship. Um, and um, I think those are great examples for how um, we can be um, creative in what we're doing uh, in our lives now and continuing to follow the, the Holy Spirit as God continues to move. Um, in addition to the the work that you're doing, and as that's evolving um, right now, one of the things that we want to provide through this podcast is to be able to to share a uh, inside look at what it looks like to be a missionary. And so, just kind of over the last um, several um, months, and you, you've answered this maybe in a little already, but what have been what have been uh, like a victory and a challenge that has, has come up either in life or in ministry for you guys. I think we can caveat the overarching challenge that we've all been faced with, with COVID-19, but specific for you guys in your context, um, what have been, what has been one victory and one challenge for you guys? Um, I would say one of the victories that we are, um, that, that I am seeing is that because we are having to rethink how do we reach out to others. It has given us a chance to more globally connect our resources. Um, we have spent time with regional coordinators even from other regions like um, uh, Mexico, um, middle, um, the Mesoamerica field and others. And we are seeing um, how they are using uh, digital evangelism to 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 even increase the the way that we reach out to others. We have a couple of our 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 countries here in Africa where local TV stations came to the Nazarene Church and said we need to have church on TV. And for the first time in in Mozambique, every Sunday our Nazarene Church is providing kind of like the official national. Uh, um, uh, church service for that country, literally thousands, maybe even more, tens of thousands, are tuning in every Sunday to a Nazarene church that before then was very little, was not very well known. So we, we praise God that there are some things that are happening like that. We have been connecting urban ministry um, with uh, Dr. Jay Height. I think you know him. And um, we have seen that, that it has encouraged uh, to have 20 different leaders from 20 different countries all on a, a phone call together, a Zoom call, and we are learning from Jay um, about ways to attack urban ministry that we might not have done if it wasn't for this fact that we know that we need to depend on each other in a global church. And so I see that happening in children's ministries. I see that happening in Jesus Film Ministries. We're looking at ways of connecting discipleship um, and online ways of, of following up after people in this modern world. Um, I'm looking at salt and light as a way to connect um, business business people uh, to connect with them on on online and to, to be able to start relationships so that we might also share Christ with them. So those are some of the victories that I see that has happened even in these in these days that are a challenge. Um, God, God seems to open doors uh, as long as we're faithful to, to, to walk through them. What about a challenge? 
I was hoping you were going to do the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, challenges, it's some, a lot of the same as what everybody else is facing in that uh, we can't meet face-to-face, -face, we can't travel right now. Um, some, so I had some things scheduled. We were supposed to do some training with the new missionaries who are about ready to come out. Uh, we have uh, three different uh, units, missionary units, who are supposed to deploy uh, in the next few months, and we don't know what that's going to look like. So that's extremely challenging. We have missionaries who are supposed to go on home assignment but can't travel uh, to leave their country of responsibility of ministry to go to their home country to serve and share during home assignment. And then we have missionaries on home assignment who are stuck uh, in that they can't, you know, we're trying to find ways to digitally share uh, how God is using them, where he's placed them, but it's challenging. Um, and so those are some of the challenges that in my ministry that I face is trying to help missionaries know how to um, navigate through these waters. And also just the challenge of not being able to be face-to-face -face with people Part of my ministry is member care and uh, being able to touch base with people, see how they're doing. And I can do that through Zoom, um, but it's not the same as we all know as being face-to-face -face with people. So um, while I appreciate social media and the ability that it's given us to see people, um, I look forward to the day when I can give somebody a hug again. Amen. And um, I, I think it's an important reminder um, that um, one of the beautiful parts about our uh, church family uh, called the Church of the Nazarene is that we are a global church. Um, but then that means, as everything you just laid out, it means that uh, some really big obstacles are presented when a global church is no longer able to, to, to move around as much as we were just um, six months ago. And I, I'm reminded, um, something you mentioned, Tim, I know that for those of us involved in different ways in urban ministry here in the United States. Um, something that we've uh, been uh, looking to as an example and uh, to, to help us Im imagine what God might be up to during this time is West Africa's response during the Ebola crisis just a couple of years ago um, in places like Sierra Leone um, with uh, 21 and Free. Um, and uh, that uh, our mutual friend Jay um, has been sharing with urban leaders here in USA and Canada um, uh, challenging us uh, how we might be responding in urban areas related to COVID-19. Um, and um, yeah, um, as we continue uh, in our conversation, Michael, I'll uh, hand it off to you because uh, I'm doing all the talking. Uh, so I'll, I'll let you go from here. Sure. So um, another um, question that we had is, uh, what is one thing about uh, being a missionary that you would think would be surprising uh, for most people? Well, um, this COVID-19 maybe helps people understand um, some of the challenges uh, that missionaries face. Um, a lot of people in the U.S. for the first time didn't get to go home for Easter. Um, they didn't get to uh, have their whole family together. Um, and they sense the separation. Uh, I think many times, um, you know, that's the way we've been living for 20 years, <laughs> um, where we would love to be home and to be around the table and to share. Um, so those, those feelings that you experience sometimes uh, during a, a lockdown like we've experienced, um, just remember that 
that I'm not saying that to pity us. I'm just letting you know that those those feelings um, many times are are more uh, powerful in your life um, when you're far away from your family. And uh, even though we find joy in our ministry and we um, we love what we are doing, uh, there are days when we wish we could go hug our grandkids and we could celebrate a birthday. Um, that we of our with our kids, and um, this lockdown is is held is is kind of giving you guys an idea of what it's like when you're this far away and you can't do those kind of things. I think that. Um, go ahead, just go ahead, Jeremy. Sorry, I was just going to interject real quick because I, I I'll vouch um, since um, I'm a former missionary at this point that I that I think you're spot on with that, Tim. Um, I think. Some of the stuff that um, people that I've talked to and that I'm ministering with here, um, uh, if they were anywhere else, um, we would call it uh, culture shock. Um, because after about two weeks of lockdown, um, everything was changing. People had to create new habits, had to learn new ways of life, going to a store, all the stuff that at least for me, I know was really exhausting. Uh, week three and week four when we um, had landed in Senegal um, from the United States. So I think that um, on the whole, we're all getting um, a very big taste of, of what missionary life can look like. And also, I hope then understand the sacrifices that you guys as missionaries go through um, on a consistent basis of, of navigating ever-changing waters. So sorry, Michelle, I'll, I'll let you answer now. No, no problem. I was just going to add that I think it might be surprising to people how equipped Nazarene missionary kids are because they are used to reentry. And former missionaries like yourself who have re-entered back, that as people are, when things start to lighten up and we re-enter society, uh, it's going to happen in stages. And it is happening in stages, and yet people are going to feel that loss of what it was like before. And yet our missionary kids have been equipped to handle that and are handling that. And I love that the Nazarene Church has programs like Rendezvous and Rendezvous Plus that are specifically geared towards our missionary kids re-entering society, their home, what they would call their home society, but it's not really home to most missionary kids because they didn't grow up there. And so um, that re-entry process, um, I think people are going to are maybe surprised at how well equipped our missionary kids are and how ill-equipped uh, others are to re-enter because while many things may return to normal, we know that some things may not. And that's a hard concept. Um, so anyway, that's just a thought and I'm thankful for the programs our Nazarene Church has for our kids. Certainly interesting to think about how um, safe at home, uh, how being a, a missionary kid can prepare you for uh, things such as this and re-entering. Well, um, we certainly, if you want to share uh, anything about else about your ministry, uh, we'd love for you uh, to do that. But we also want to make sure that people know how to uh, contact you, get more information about what you're doing. So are there any, um, there, you have a website or any other resources uh, that we could share with um, our listeners today? We, we would love to connect with you on our uh, newsletter and our, our website. It's the eb, the ebexpress.com. 
and um, that will uh, give you an idea of stories that have happened, um, ministries that we're involved with. It also talks about some of the projects that we are trying to raise funding for, and um, especially during this time as we are all challenged with how do we continue ministry and, and continue to have support for ministry as we go out into these areas, um, we would greatly appreciate your contributions towards that and connecting with us. Uh, we put up our prayer requests on that site and uh, try and get some type of communication up uh, at least uh, once or twice um, every couple every month or so. And um, we're just praying that God, God leads us uh, into the right areas of ministry, and we are so grateful for those of you who have contributed through the World Evangelism Fund that helps to keep us here, helps us uh, to move on. We, we, we say one of our greatest blessings is the fact that the church still continues to support us, and we know that many people are without incomes right now. Um, uh, we know that the, the church in America is experiencing sometimes uh, for the first time, unemployment above 10, 15, 26 percent. That is life in Africa. Uh, many of our countries have more than 20, 25 percent uh, unemployment. So you can imagine the poverty that is that is involved in our our lives and ministry. And and there's always more need than we have funding for. But we praise God for the church and how they support and those places like that. Um, you can find out more about Africa at our africanazarene.org, which is also our ministry site that uh, gives you information about what's happening all across Africa. Great, thank you. Well, before we go, do you guys have any um, last parting words, any encouragement, any um, anything else that you'd like to, to share with our listeners? Just want to encourage you that, uh, you know, we haven't stopped ministry just because we are looking at things differently. Ministry continues, and we appreciate you guys so much. We appreciate your prayers. We appreciate your calls. Uh, we appreciate your financial support, all of the above. So thank you, and we love you guys. I just want to add that a call to missions is not necessarily a call to the safest place but it is always a call to the center of God's will. If he's calling you to be a missionary, he will always walk with you. And the safest place to be is in the center of his will. And uh, we believe that God has placed us again and again right in the center of his will. Uh, we carry burdens sometimes, um, and I just want to share this with you, that our visas here in South Africa expire uh, in two months from now. And with all of the shutdown and the government also not uh, uh, having any offices open, um, we, we can't even process our paperwork for renewal. And so we don't know where the Lord may take us if we have to stay here or we have to return to the U.S. But these kind of um, governmental issues and, and visas are always a big challenge. So pray for us as we trust the Lord that if he wants us right here, that he will open the doors and make that happen. And we trust in him. Thanks so much for uh, spending a little time with us today and allowing us to share what God is doing. Well, we, we appreciate you guys and everything you're doing. Thank you for what you're, uh, 
what you're doing and equipping leaders and being a part in uh, evangelism and discipleship across the continent of Africa. And um, what you guys shared was a beautiful ending to this episode. So I'm just going to leave it there because I, I couldn't put it any better. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. God bless you.